Hello, folks! Tis I, the Seavage, back with another special report for a crep from the 80s. This time, we're gonna dip our nut into a little bit of the 90s as well. Mostly the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and beyond, let's say that. Um, I want to talk about a person, a company that inspired me uh, as a youngin, going into my teens, inspired me to be the filmmaker that I am today. <laughs> um, I want to talk about Tempe Entertainment and the man behind Tempe, J.R. Bookwalter. Tempe sadly after 33 years has closed its doors for good and um, being an independent filmmaker or movie maker video maker creative um, That's a that's a long shelf life right there. That's a that's a long time to be doing the stuff that uh, he was doing and the things that that uh, inspired me and countless others to do what they're doing. Um, and when any indie, be it filmmaker, company, studio, what have you, sort of closes its doors, it's a it's a it's a sad day for the independent community as a whole. Um, and I, let's be honest here, most people out there, if they're into movies, if they're into the Hollywood thing, uh, even, even filmmakers, actors, producers, what have you, out in that larger world, uh, the mainstream world, they have for the most part, zero idea of this underground world. Um, some do, certainly if they are in the genre. Um, but a lot of them have no idea. And consider independent films, films that cost, you know, a million, two million, three million, four million, five million. <laughs> Uh, and end up having some star power still getting sort of play at, at certain big theaters around the country certainly being chosen for the larger festivals and what have you I'm talking about real true independent movie making so when a when a Filmmaker or studio shuts its doors. It's it's a to me it it hurts more uh, internally, <laughs> more emotional for me than it is any of the other bigger, you know, what have you. Because it's just a stratosphere and a and a and a surrounding an atmosphere that I just am not a part of or am privy to outside of watching it myself. And I'm not saying I hate 
mainstream movies because I don't. Uh, I grew up <laughs> loving Hollywood films, uh, and I still love them to this day. There's some great stuff being made. There's also garbage, but that's just the way it has been f f for years. Um, so no, I am not like this indie snob. Again, I'm talking about indie, underground, micro-budget snob. I'm not talking about indie snob. I'm not this indie snob who, oh, it's, it's only got to be this, this, and this is it, and everything else can go fuck off. There's a lot of people who have that mentality, and I think it's ridiculous. And I think they're just, you know, fronting, really. So anyway, Tempe Entertainment from J.R. Bookwalter, this guy kind of blew the micro-budget world away with his 1985 opus, The Dead Next Door. <clears throat> and that is the first thing I saw from him. Um, it took him, you know, four or five years to get the movie complete and out for people to actually see. Um, it is famous for having a very famous producer uh, and people behind the scenes. Anybody who knows the story of Tempe, knows the story of, of J.R., knows that Sam Raimi <laughs> produced The Dead Next Door. Bruce Campbell helped make the film in several ways, not just his voiceover, but several ways. Um, that whole team, Renaissance Pictures, was behind that film. Uh, even more so than I thought reading J.R.'s book, um, you know, being a filmmaker in the 90s and beyond, independent, low-budget filmmaker. The book is fascinating, it's incredible, it's inspiring, it's awesome. And so that movie, um, that movie, when I saw it, I just, I, you know, much like Evil Dead, much like those other low-budget shot on, you know, 16mm, 8mm film, films, I just couldn't believe the ingenuity and, and the, the, the magic and the passion that was going on behind it. And I, and I was probably 12 or 13 when I first saw that film. So I had already been making backyard movies, so imagine, you know, reading, seeing about this guy who did this, and then... Yeah, segueing into the shot on video world, you know, making movies exclusively for the video market. And I had been renting those before because I, I've talked about it many times. Video Connection rented that stuff, like Blood Cult, like Redneck Zombies, like um, Boarding House and, and uh, Sledgehammer and things like that. That was, I was seeing that stuff. The Todd Sheets stuff from Cinema Home Video, that stuff, which was Dave Dakota and J.R. Bookwalter. Anyway, so I sort of like, this was a new person to follow. You know, we had our, the genre fans, we had our Spielbergs and we had our Carpenters and we had our Raimis and Romeros and all of that, Craven, what have you. But in the underground world, 
I feel like, at least at that point, he was sort of the king, king of that. Other than like Dave Dakota, maybe Fred Olin Ray, but they were even working higher than Jr. was. Uh, but just to see this kid do what he did, pulled off what he did, it reminded me very much. Because at the same time, I was seeing Peter Jackson, I was seeing Bad Taste, and following his career because he essentially did the same thing he spent four years to make bad taste he had even a, a less crew than jr did about seven eight people working on bad taste for four years and holy shit i mean bad taste is incredible and peter jackson was inspired by the same people romero Raimi, the you know same crew um, so I was just enamored with these, these kids, essentially, teens, making these movies at the scale that they were making. Uh, I, I certainly didn't think at the time that I could pull off shooting on film or anything like that, but we were, I was in an age where I didn't have to. It was video cameras, and clearly being shown that you could make these backyard movies and they could appear in video stores was amazing to me, and it gave kids like me hope um, so I wanted to learn more about this guy this suburban tempe company <laughs> uh, I just was sort of I really was blown away by all of it and like I said that hope really pushed me and inspired me and sending away for the next tape or hoping upon hope our our store our video connection was going to be able to rent these certain titles that were coming out through Dakota and J.R. Bookwalter you know I mean Robot Ninja <laughs> um, that was still film but it was direct to video Again, it was just like, for me, it definitely was a, wow, now he's, you know, now he's doing his own superhero, dark superhero movie, and it was dark. It was figuratively and literally <laughs> for that first video release. Um, but I mean, at that same time, we were getting the Dakota stuff, Cinema Home Video, uh, like, um, Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout, and things of that nature, beasties and things like that. Um, and then, you know, garbage like Kickboxer and <laughs> Galaxy of the Dinosaurs and, and, and Zombie Cop and things like that. But I still was like eating it all up because it was all on video. And again, this guy, this just he made me want to follow his career you know and then into the 90s where he decided to do bigger budgeted micro budget films but that's like three thousand five thousand six thousand you know things like that um giving us ozone and and polymorph movies like that but but also bloodletting um, and then still in the film days, Skinned Alive, all that stuff. It was all coming out, and it was all blowing my mind, 
giving me hope, pushing me forward to do these things. Um, so, you know, late 80s, early 90s, JR was a, a big deal to me. Those films were a big deal to me. Um, and then he went back to Full Moon. He had worked as an editor for Full Moon for a little while. Moved back and forth, L.A., Ohio, L.A., Ohio. And then started making J.R. movies for Charlie Band. Uh, and some of those are great, and some of them are not so great, just like any Full Moon film. But to me, when J.R. was starting to do the Full Moon stuff, it was also very like... Oh my god, <laughs> because Full Moon, <laughs> as a youngster, was crazy. It was awesome to me. I was like, these movies, you know, these movies look like they have some quality and some real filmmakers behind them, and they're just going direct to video. Working for Full Moon, certainly at the time, was like a giant deal. Seeing the progression of a filmmaker like that, being able to work for Full Moon, when Full Moon still was of quality, because they are not now, unfortunately, but they used to mean something. And I would dream of working for Full Moon. Uh, you know, I'm in my 40s now, and I'll, I'll probably never work for Full Moon, and maybe I wouldn't want to, certainly now, but back then I did. That was sort of a pinnacle <laughs> for me, you know, Full Moon or Trauma or anything like that. I knew, I think at an early age, that I wasn't going to be able to I'd break into more of the mainstream stuff. And I, th I think that was okay to me um, because I was enjoying the authenticity of these nobody filmmakers doing no-budget movies. Uh, sort of on their own and, and seeing what would happen. Um, and so, you know, I would go about my years, my life, making movies, seeing more and more indie filmmakers pop up that, uh, that inspired me, like Todd Sheets and certainly Todd Cook and, um, the John McBrides and the, the Polonia brothers of the world. It was all happening. It was all swirling. At that point, I had, I had started sort of making movies for Cemetery Cinema, Todd Cook's company out in Texas. Um, but again, it was such on a, it was such a small scale, but it was still very, very cool. Um, I was seeing anything that was coming out in mainstream and theaters, science fiction, fantasy, horror, all that stuff. Just living, living the life, doing what you do, but still, you know, having that passion to make movies. And then Tempe and JR collided with me in the year 2000. Remember that? Conan used to do that. In the year 2000. So, in the year 2000, I uh, made a movie called Malva Zombie Ass Kicker. And it had, and 
in 99, I got hooked up with Troma, so that was a dream that was becoming a reality, just working with Troma. Never worked for Troma. There's a misconception, but I never worked for Troma. Um, so I did this movie, got hooked up with Debbie Rashawn and Trent Haga, thanks to Doug Sackman, and then Debbie Rashawn and these people, these, these indie folk who I had known, were inspired by, were suddenly helping me out. So we made this Malva movie, and um, Debbie was cast in a full moon movie that JR was producing. It was a full moon slash Tempe sort of co-production. And I had sent a screener VHS of Malva to Debbie. Um, Trent was on it as well. Trent was working on the movie as well. And I didn't know that Debbie would be passing the tape along throughout the production, uh, <laughs> showing people Malva. Uh, I just really wanted her to see, you know, what she thought and get her feedback. Um, and from what I hear, people really thought it was funny and and had a manic chaos to it and and a wit and a you know people responded to it there was potential there um even you know at how chintzy and 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 bad it was and it got in the hands of jr so jr out of the blue um i guess through my correspondence with debbie uh, out of the blue, there was a call at my cousin's dorm room because I was hanging out there in Buffalo, New York, and we were actually just making dumb stuff there and already sort of, you know, I was coming up with what we were going to do next and things like that. And So JR calls and asks to speak with me. <laughs> And so I'm talking to J.R. Bookwalter, and I'm kind of like, just as I was previous the previous year with Lloyd Kaufman and the Troma team, I was just kind of dumbfounded that I was talking to these people, because um, they were huge to me. And so J.R. asks, Do, does Troma have the rights to, uh, to put out Malva? And if not, why? <laughs> um, and if they didn't have any interest, would would I like Tempe to put it out? And not thinking about the quality, not thinking about what this movie was, I just said, <laughs> you know, fuck yes, like, are you kidding me? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that J.R. was asking me. The things that he was saying about me and about the film was just like... I would imagine what he was feeling when Sam Raimi was talking about him and his short films. and It was just such a big deal to me. Uh, so, beginning in 2000, late 2000, a 
partnership was created with me, J.R. Bookwalter, Tempe Entertainment. And uh, that partnership lasted for a good 10 years. Um, the friendship is still remaining, but the partnership, me making movies for Tempe Entertainment, that was a good 10 years of craziness. Craziness. Um, and because of the type of movies that I like to make, JR created a label, a sub-label, called Splatter Rampage, uh, specifically for Chris Seaver Films to be distributed through. Um, in addition to other filmmakers, young filmmakers, who were doing the type of stuff that I was doing. Basically, he turned Tempe into what Dave Dakota was doing with Cinema Home Video. It was a crazy, full-circle... It just worked, and, and the, the master-mentor thing switched where Dakota was the master and Book Walter was the was the uh, the the student. Now <laughs> JR was the master and I was the student. He was the mentor. And I became the the Daniel LaRusso <laughs> of Tempe Dojo. Tempe do Dojo. <laughs> uh and it was incredible. I mean, it really was incredible. It was a time of immense creativity and motivation for me. And um, it was because JR thought there was something uh, there, some sort of, whether I reminded him you know, whether I was like, he was seeing me, <laughs> him through me, or whether it was he genuinely enjoyed the weirdness that I was bringing to the films. I don't know, but he saw something and I'm forever grateful to JR. Um, he will always be a part of my life, a huge part of my life, um, a part of my career. You can call it that. I don't, but folks will. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I would be without Jr. and Tempe. Really, honestly, you know. Of course, I have to give immense credit to Debbie Rashawn, um, and I always have. Uh, it's been years since Debbie and I have been in the same room together, um, but I still think of Debbie and I still consider her a friend and I consider her part of the extended family and I consider her the reason why <laughs> I have any sort of relationship with Tempe Entertainment, with J.R. Bookwalter. And then to that end, why anybody out there 
who knows of Chris Siever, who knows of my films, I mean, JR is the reason why. So thank JR. Thank Tempe, folks. You know? If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't know the glory <laughs> of Teen Ape. Or Mr. Bonejack, or any uh, Leo DeChamp, any of that world. Um, so it did hit me a little extra emotionally when JR said he was closing down. Now it's not that JR had been making movies recently, um, but he was still such a fixture in my life and he was very present in my life and he was still very much releasing flicks. Um, and there's still a part of me that hopes upon hope he will pick up a camera once again and make another movie. Um, and truth be told, if JR ever said, will you make another movie for me, I absolutely would. If I got the chance to make a remake of a J.R. Bookwalter film, a sequel to a J.R. Bookwalter film, <laughs> I absolutely would do it. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I, I feel like even at 33 years old for Tempe Entertainment, the company, even that long, I feel like, but there's still life left in it, you know? And I, and I, and I don't think, I think like any of us people who say we're going to quit, I don't think 100% he's going to stop doing anything with Tempe. I think, I think what'll happen is he might re-release and put out some special edition Blu-rays and collector's editions of some of the stuff he's done in the past. So there's still a, you know, still a glimmer of, of Tempe magic that is going to be out there for folks to consume and new folks to uh, discover, which is a huge deal of why it's important for this stuff to still be circulating uh, because it's going to inspire the next group of low-budget, no-budget filmmakers. Um, and that is exciting to me. And, I mean, he and his films are still inspiring me to this day. I finally finished his book, and it's, it blew me away. I thought I knew a lot about J.R. I thought I knew a lot about Tempe. It was like pff, scratching the surface, you know, scratching the taint. And working your way up to the tip like I was just so impressed blown away and it and it lit a fire under me again like it, it makes me want to make those movies again make that type of film again you know and <laughs> we're living in a world that doesn't appreciate those types of films <laughs> Uh, certainly shot on video uh, it's, it's it's you know it's, a, it's an acquired taste and I and I applaud the fans who are still enjoying it and again the new fans who are discovering it um, because it's for me it's a I love it I love the aesthetic of it I, I just love the simplicity of it I love the authenticness the realness of it 
Um, because I've always felt, and maybe I'm biased, but I've always felt that like you can entertain an audience. It doesn't matter the quality of the film as far as the way it looks. If you're getting across the story, if you're getting across characters that appeal to you, if you're, getting, if you're making somebody laugh, cry, puke, angry, whatever, uh, I, I believe that your job is being accomplished as a filmmaker, regardless of if it's shot on film, if it's shot on your, your phone, if it's shot on a VHS camcorder, whatever. Um, I think there's a value to it. And these pioneers who are either dropping off or still going, uh, it's, I mean, we couldn't, we, the, the other generation, the newer generation who are following after you, couldn't do what we do without these guys and without JR and without Tempe Entertainment. So I, I think, for me, I think I would rather... I would rather believe that Tempe is not gone. It's, it's sleeping. It's taking a little nap. Hibernating, if you will. Until the, the, the master decides to unleash another little nugget of, of fecal magic. Whether it be re-release or whether it be putting finger to to board once again, NJR gives us a, a new classic to enjoy. I salute JR Bookwalter. I salute Tempe Entertainment. I thank you for the many, many years you've inspired me, entertained me, mentored me, talked with me about the ups and downs of filmmaking, the ups and downs of life, the ups and downs of being a human being. Uh, JR means a lot to me, the company means a lot to me, and I uh, will forever hold you in my heart, my farts, and my, my genital pouch. Thank you, JR. Thank you, Book Walter. But wait, there's a post-credits sequence. I didn't talk to you about my favorite Tempe Entertainment movies. The Dead Next Door, Robot Ninja, Bloodletting, and Ozone. Those are my favorites. Folks, seek them out. Look up JR, look up Tempe Entertainment, look up those films. You'll be glad you did. Oh, 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 fresh fudge.